How many have heard that song before? It's a great one. I, I should have put the information in your, in your bulletin, but it's Sarah Groves, Win the Saints. Uh, fantastic song. I have my iPod. I listen to it a lot. It's such an inspiring song. And there's a lot of things that the church as a whole has gotten wrong over the years. Um, but one of the things I think they've gotten right is to have this thing they call the church calendar. And on the church calendar, to have a day where we pause to remember some of the saints who've gone before us. Their stories are so inspiring. Stories are so inspiring. And I'm also inspired by some modern-day saints. I had a chance to go down to Juarez last weekend. We have, uh, for those of you who are new here to our church, we have a relationship with a children's home down in Juarez, Mexico. And I serve on the advisory board there, and so I was down for our annual meeting on uh, last weekend. And talk about inspiring it was very, very, very inspiring. So I'm, I'm getting on the plane and I'm, I'm heading down and there's very few direct flights from here to El Paso, Texas. Uh, Juarez is a city that sits on the border with El Paso, Texas. It's about a million and a half people, I think, and then El Paso's another 500,000. So when you combine all of these folks, um, fi- 500,000, I say, right? You combine these two million people on the border, I think it's the largest international border population on the planet. There's a lot of people in that area. So I'm flying down there, and uh, we had to do a connecting flight in Dallas. Well, there's a huge army base down in El Paso called Fort Bliss. So I'm getting on the plane in in, uh, Dallas, and my whole section is soldiers who are going back down to uh, to El Paso to to be at their base. And um, so we're we're talking with some of these guys. There's some really tough guys. I would not want to fight um, that section that I was sitting in. Not that I normally want to fight the same... (laughs) I'll keep going. There's a reason why I write things down, and that was not written down. Am I surprised? Uh, anyway, um, so, so anyway, so we're sitting there, and, I, and they say, you know, where are you going, all this kind of stuff, and, and I, I say, well, I'm going to Juarez, and there was this collective, <laughs> like, surprised, kind of laughing in that laugh that isn't funny kind of laugh, and then, then they really started going at it, and they're like, yeah, I would rather go back to Baghdad than go down to, to Juarez, because at least I can carry my gun and all this kind of stuff. Because if you have not heard, Juarez is just, it's, um, it's always been a tough place. Always been a tough place. Chronic poverty, all kinds of things like that. Well, in the last couple of years, it's been all out war. All out war. There's two cartels that are warring for, and I'm using the word war, it's a war um, for control of the city. Um, there's all out war declared on the police. If you are a corrupt police, or a non-corrupt police officer in Juarez, it's probably the dangerous most dangerous profession in the world. Um, there's the military got called in, so it's just you know it's it's a it's a war zone. Um, certain areas of town have the highest concentration, and not the area where I was, but it's um, some areas are really really tough. In fact, they were saying the the death count up to this year for people killed in this war is closing in on two thousand for the year. And we did this, the math a little bit um, when Batel Lopez, she was here a couple weeks ago. She's the director there at the home. And we were kind of doing the math on that at, at our teen, teen ministry. And we were asking how many people you have in your graduating class. So think about that right now in high school. How many people would have, were or would be in your graduating class or are, if you're a senior. Get that pick number in your head. Now, how many of your graduating classes would have been killed up until this year. I mean, we had 400 people in my graduating class in Hastings Senior High. That would have been five of my senior classes killed. 
Because most of these deaths are people under the age of 20. Almost all of them are involved somehow in this, this war. Either they're in the cartel or they're, they're, um, they're in the drug trade. And so that's what's going on in War S right now. You know, the media's moved on because they always have to have something new to panic us about, you know. And so they've moved on from, from that. But the, the battle's still going on. And in the midst of this, the poverty and, and the war is Emmanuel Children's Home where they are loving and caring for kids in the middle of this craziness. And I am so inspired by the saints at Emmanuel Children's Home. In fact, here's a picture um, when we were down at the board meeting, they, they had a presentation. Here's a slide that they'd given us. This is most of, most of the staff. And you might be thinking, wow, how do they afford a staff like that? Well, <laughs> the salaries are not um, comparable to the salaries here. But there's some of the saints who are loving kids in the middle of a war zone, many of whom have been threatened with their very lives. Um, there are people in there who's, who have spouses in prison right now um, that's all related to this. It's, uh, it's an inspiring, inspiring group of people. Well, when Battelle was here a couple weeks ago, she shared a story of like one of many of, of the amazing things, extraordinary things that are happening down there. She shared a story of how a, a kid, there was a car, I think they called it a taxi, that was circling the, the, the Emmanuel Children's Home, and, and then it just dropped off a child and took off and never came back. You know, imagine that. Imagine you're thrust into a situation like that. And not in the U.S. where we have all these other agencies that can help us, but you have nowhere else to bring that child to. And here's a child. You don't know the child's name. You don't know the child's story. You don't know when or if the parent's coming back. Love this kid. Take care of this kid. Here's another, um, uh, another uh, little story that they passed on. This is, a, again, a... a copy of the slides that they took us through. Um, there was this, these three kids, and their brother and sisters. Um, they, were, they were taken into protective custody from their mom, but the youngest was lost. And they ultimately found the youngest literally naked in the, the home of this, this guy who I think had taken her in to, to try to help this kid, but dirty and naked. And now, you know, look at this. These kids have a chance. They have a chance. They're getting a great education. They're being loved. And look at those smiles. You know, that's why I get so inspired because you go down there and the word of God says pure religion is this. This is pure religion. And it's so inspiring in the midst of all the scandals and in the midst of all of the, the craziness that's going on in God's name to see that the things that Jesus said to do are being done by the saints. In Juarez and in all around the world. So this is part of the report that they gave us. And if you are giving regularly here, you're a shareholder in this because we contribute um, to them as, as we're able and we'll continue to contribute more down the road. Well, this might be fun too since we have, have some shareholders here. Let me put up another slide that they showed us. Let's take a look at This is what it used to look like. This is a manual children's home, I think probably in the late 60s or early 70s. That's what used to sit on that hill. That's a picture of the hill. Here's another shot. If you look up um, 
you see where that dirt road is, that dirt road? If you look up at the top, the crest of the hill to the left, that's, you can see the beginnings of the, the home right there. At the bottom of the hill, that, with the peaked roof, that's their church. That structure is still standing. And, and, and the reason I put this up here is it's so inspiring to see what God is doing. That literally used to be a garbage dump. And a guy, an American guy, just started loving kids and caring for kids as best he could on a garbage dump. And then a man named Josue Lopez got involved with the ministry and then it got handed off to him. And here's a picture from my iPhone. Here's my amazing photography skills. Here it is um, as of last weekend. You know, and that's just one shot. We'll take a look at some others here in a second. But there, there's this home. And, you know, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. And what happens when, when God's people start doing God's things. And when ordinary people start doing God's things, extraordinary things happen. Like this. You can see it happening. You can see what's happening as God's people come together in Jesus' name and do the things that he said to do. And someone invited me when I was 16 years old to go down to Juarez, Mexico. And this was one of the places that I, I got involved with um, when I was 16. And by the time I was 21, I think I was, 21 or 22 years old, God had me leading a team. You know? And I was so unqualified by the world standards. Uh, I think of my background. I, I was asked to lead people, some of whom were 30 years older than I was. I was asked to take care of these teens, and I'm only a couple years older than them. My carpentry skills, extremely minimal. My Spanish, the only Spanish I knew was the Spanish I'd learned on Sesame Street, you know, and on this little one-page thing where they taught us, don't they a style baño, and things like that, right? So unless they wanted, I wanted to have a conversation about the bathroom, I was ill-equipped to lead this, this, this group. But here's the thing. God doesn't need our abilities as much as he blesses our willingness. Did you catch that? God doesn't need our abilities as much as he um, can bless our willingness. And so it was fun because one of the things they did when I was down at the board meeting is they took us on a tour. And so one of the spots on the tour, I, I got to show you this um, Here's, here's a shot, uh, that pink room in the corner, that thing that looks like a little black box, that's a fuse box. And the reason I'm showing that fuse box is because I have this vivid memory of helping to wire that fuse box. You know, I was 20-some years old, early 20s, I was taking a team from New Ulm, Minnesota down there, and truth be told, I didn't do very much of the wiring on that fuse box. A kid that didn't even ha- wasn't old enough to have a license was really the guy wiring that fuse box. I'm just looking at it going, hey... I remember we have this on video. Um, my sister, one of my sisters was down with me, and she's got it on video, and she goes, how do you know how to do that? And his answer was, instinct. I thought that was classic, <laughs> instinct. So anyway, then that, that fuse box, the other shot, you see there's a dorm, because one of the projects we did that year was, was we, we, were, we did the framing in there. It was a non-existent building. We did the framing of the, the building. We put on the roof, and we did this with, with people from, from New Orleans, Minnesota teenagers, many of whom had never even swung a hammer before. And this was one of three projects. This was convicting as I was re-going over my notes this morning. I was remembering, wait a minute, we had this tiny little church. And that year, that was one of three projects that we took on. We took a busload of kids from New Orleans. We had this tiny little church. And we had this busload of teens um, who went down. And this was one of our projects. And we worked at another children's home called Bonito. And I don't remember what we did there. And we also built a house. And so here, here we are, this, you know, sometimes I, 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 I say these things where 
I want my faith to be as strong as the faith I had when I was 20. When, because I don't think I'd take that on anymore. Those three projects, little church. But we believed in a big God who would bless our willingness to serve him and take ordinary people and do extraordinary things. So there, there's a picture. You know, and as the years went on, we began to take on other projects. At New Ulm, at the church I went after that, here's, here's some more. Um, there's a, the one on, the, on your left is a school. They have an entire school now. And to watch that school, which was a non-existence when I, when I started my um, serving there, to see now a, a school that goes all the way up to 8th grade. The best school in probably the whole city. If not, it's one of the top ones. That building right there in the middle, it's called the Casita. Some people had a vision to, to buy a house across the street and turn it into a house that could be used for all kinds of things, for groups coming down, for, for all these things, and, and to watch that get transformed. Um, many of you have worked on this project. The one up in the corner there is a, a dance studio where these kids are learning amazing moves and, and to hold themselves with grace and dignity. It's just amazing to see what's happening. You know, and when you look at these pictures, think back to that, the, 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 the black and white picture. It used to be a garbage dump. This is the kingdom of God. When ordinary people start just doing what Jesus said, you see extraordinary things happen. This is what we see here. There's another guy I met down there. He's also on the board. His name is Jeff. And I never really talked to him much because um, he's a very kind of quiet, introverted type guy. In fact, if Jeff was in the room right now and you weren't familiar with the faces, I'd give you 10 guesses and you probably wouldn't guess it's him. But anyway, Jeff, when he was a junior high guy, um, they used to be able to take the kids to the U.S. from the home. And so when they were doing one of these tours, one of these kids stayed at his house. Well, as he got older, he got trained to be a dentist. And so he decided to ask a dangerous question. What are you doing for the kids with their teeth? And they said, well, there's not much we can do. We can pray. And he said, well, what can I do? And they said, well, you could come down. So he gets some portable stuff. And it was so fun talking to him because he talks about the days where they had brought some squirt guns down for the kids to give them as toys. And that's what they used to rinse their mouths, the squirt guns. Don't give out the guns yet. Bring them here. We got to use them to rinse their mouths when they're, when they're, when they're doing their, their stuff. Well, now this guy... His name's Armando, and here's where the story picks up. Because again, it's just a guy, he's a dentist, what can I do? Well, he went down, he could care for kids about once a year. Well, then God raised up this guy. When I first met Armando, he was this skinny, shy guy who was crushing on one of Battelle's little sisters. And that's all I, could, I knew about him. Well, this guy decides, I'm going to offer what I have to, to God. He gets trained as a dentist, and... The story just explodes from there. Let's show a picture here. I'm doing an ultra, ultra condensed version. Some of you might recognize the face there on the left. His name's uh, Bill Dorfman. He was um, a plastic surgeon that, or no, he, he does with teeth. He's an expert dentist guy. He was on a show called Extreme Makeover, like for your body. And so God ends up connecting this guy to Emmanuel Children's Home. He goes down, he gets other connections, and they donate all his equipment. The picture on the right is the dental clinic now. They got the Nemo fish even in there. It's amazing. They have this incredible equipment. They sometimes don't have enough money coming in to, to pay the bills, but yet because specialized people got excited, they were able to give these specialized donations, and now there's this entire dental clinic for these kids. They're getting amazing care. Some of the U.S. people who go down, they wait and do their checkups there. 
Because of the quality he does and the price. You can't beat the price. So who else but God can pull this off? Can get extreme makeover man to come down and visit what used to be a garbage dump? Isn't that cool? And now the word of God says, if you're faithful in small things, I'll entrust you with bigger things. Armando just was following God, giving his dentist stuff, and now God's entrusted him with the whole medical clinic. And here's some pictures. This is their medical clinic. And it may look like, well, they must have tons of money. No, it's these different people giving their different skills. There are people at the home learning how to do stuff like this. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing what God is doing down there. And the stories like this get repeated over and over again. Ordinary people trusting God, and then God does extraordinary, extraordinary things. Well, the timing of this trip, I think, is really interesting because my last weekend was there, and this weekend is All Saints Sunday. And it was so inspiring, not just to reflect on the saints who've gone before us in history, and we'll, we'll do, look at that at different years, but this year I want to focus on, on more a broader understanding of saints because saints is a word that used to really intimidate me. I used to think that I would never, ever use that word in reference to myself because it just seemed like crazy. But it was interesting to see what the Word of God says about saints. And uh, we don't have time to go into great depth, but let me show you a, a couple references here. The, the word saint can be used in a very broad sense, referring to Christians. At least if I'm reading it right. You know, Paul refers to the Christians, he's, he says, who are called to be saints. It's interesting because sometimes the saints need help. And sometimes they give it. Book of Ephesians, it highlights equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And it seems to be speaking of them in a real broad sense. And then this is, pay attention to this last one here, where it says Christianity was once for all entrusted to the saints. Now that is, that's convicting right there. This idea of, of being entrusted, entrusted with Christianity. We've been entrusted with it, you know. And this seems to be very much in line with, um, with what the, uh, the Bible says um, elsewhere where it talks about how we're, we're all, we're like parts of a body. You know, every one of us has been given gifts and talents and, and we're part of this body. And, and when the body comes together, God can really do amazing things through it. Well, if you haven't already, I, um, if you could take out your notes, I'd like you to write something down, something I've been saying a couple times here. Um, the, the first uh, bold words there, there's some blanks, and here are the um, words to fill in. If you could please write this down. Saints are ordinary people whom God uses in extraordinary ways. Did I get my whom right? Was that a who or a whom? Just so it doesn't bug some of you guys who are English majors. Did I get it right? Don't know? Oh, Good! <laughs> Good. I hope the English majors, God bless them, I hope they end up in a church that can care for their needs because I, I don't know if I'll be that church. Uh, I try my best. All right, saints are ordinary people God uses in extraordinary ways. Um, let's take a look at a couple of these examples. Um, here's one, biblically, I want to take a look at this, biblically. Um, one of the things, again, about, about a saint that, that can separate them, where, when the separation comes is when a saint is willing to lay down their little agenda and be a part of the bigger thing that God's up to. Like this one. Um, this is a guy named Jonathan, and, uh, and he was in the, the Old Testament, um, a friend of, of uh, King David. 
Well, Jonathan says to this young armor bearer in this, in this situation where it's him and there's an entire, he's facing an entire army. Entire army's over there. He's over here. He says to his young armor bearer, come, let us go to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or a few. Are you catching the attitude here? He has great confidence in God and he's willing to charge an entire army with the perhaps. All right, if I'm going to charge an army, I want more than the perhaps. But he just goes with the perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. God can do it. I have no doubt God can do it. Maybe he'll be with us. If not, this is going to get ugly really fast. Do you see that? In fact, I wrote this in your notes. I encourage you to circle that word perhaps. Because I think we play it really, really safe. And that can be a a good thing if you're doing it for the right reasons. The Bible talks about wisdom. I've certainly seen people who are foolish in God's name. But I think a lot of us need to be stretched on the perhaps. You know, if you're a person who ends up just running first and asking questions second, maybe you should look at some of the other verses in the Bible. But for those of us who are calculated on everything, maybe we need to be inspired by this saint who just said, perhaps... Here's another example. Um, this is out of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're from the Fiery Furnace account. Here it is right before that, uh, that famous account. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. They were asked to bow down to this big statue, and they said, No, we're not going to do that. And if they didn't bow down, they're going to get thrown into a fiery furnace. It says, If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. If you're following along in your notes, circle that word able. God is able. They, like Jonathan, had no doubt God is able. If God wants to do it, he can. But then look how they continue. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. God is able, but even if he doesn't save us, he's able to save us, but even if he doesn't, we're going to do the right thing. And how many times have, have, has that been the story of the saints? Where they're like, we know God is able, regardless of what he chooses to do, I'm going to go forward. God blesses that. He blesses that. The people who would say, I know you're able, but even if you don't deliver me, I'm moving forward. That's when you see extraordinary things happen. If you have your Bibles now, let's open them up together um, to one of my all-time favorite All Saints passages. Um, You'll get a chance to see some of these in a little bit. One of the reasons I'm excited to move um, to... Uh, to the new facility is we've wanted to have Bibles available at, at the door and we'd like to have it in such a way where people can, we can just say to folks, hey, if you don't have a Bible at home, we'd like you to, to, um, to take it you know, as a gift to you. Um, but we can't really do that here. There's no place to set them. These floors, we don't want to set the Bibles on these floors necessarily. But anyway, so that's going to be a new thing coming. That's kind of fun. But let's turn uh, to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 31 through 40. This is one of my all-time favorite um, All Saints Related passages. Uh, Here we go. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Isn't it interesting to see disobedient, not disobedient, 
associated then to a prostitute. Boy, God uses our willingness. And what more shall I say? I don't have the time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weaknesses was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they may gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in caves and holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. You know, this is like a summary of, of, of so many of these lives who have been so inspirational. And one of the reasons we encourage people to read through the whole Bible is when you look at the whole Bible, you see so many different examples of so many different type of people who God uses in extraordinary ways. There's one more set of blanks. I'd like you to, um, to fill this in if you would. If you want to experience an extraordinary life, join with the saints in the mission of the Savior. You know, if you want ordinary, hedge your bets, you know, and, and think everything through logically all the time. If you want to experience something extraordinary, be willing to lay down your little agenda for God's bigger agenda. You know, it, it's, a, it's so inspiring when you do that. And it's so challenging too. You know, I think of my prayers going down to Juarez. Anyone want to guess what one of my big prayers was going down to Juarez and the prayer of my wife and kids and safety you know and there's nothing wrong with praying that you know praying for God protecting me but if that's your only prayer then that's not right and I think of how many of my prayers are either protect or bless you know and so many of them are or meet this particular need that I feel and again we have biblical precedent to pray those prayers but we also have biblical precedents to not exclusively pray those prayers. In fact, here's one example from the book of Acts. Acts, we've been doing our devotions. Um, if you've been following along with our Bible reading, we just got done not too long ago with the book of Acts. Here's an example of some believers um, that are there, some saints, some first century saints facing incredible persecution. Um, who This is how they, they prayed. In this particular instance, um, Peter and John were brought before the, a group that had authorized and had encouraged and had, had, um, had, had basically had Jesus crucified. And so this is what's going on. And he's the leader, and they're just, you know, down the, the chain a little bit. And so they're standing before them. And here's how they prayed. It was a really tense situation. They were very bold in their witness. And it says, on their release, and then this is my own commentary from the very people who had Jesus crucified, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to do, which is basically something they weren't supposed to do. All right, so then let's, let's click on Here's the prayer I want you to see. 
So when they heard this, when the people heard this, the other saints, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And what were the first two words out of their mouth? Sovereign Lord. I wrote this in your bullet, in your notes too, so you could circle those words. Sovereign Lord. The first words out of their mouth were not bless us, protect us. Woo, thanks for getting us out of that one. The very first words of the sovereign Lord. And look at their understanding of how the world works. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Those in power, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. That thing with Jesus, that wasn't their control. You decided that was going to happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is one of the reasons why we need to look at the example of the saints. How inspirational is that? Faced with their very lives on the line, they say, Sovereign Lord, you've got a plan and it's bigger than my plan. May your will be done. Show us what to do. Give us boldness. You know, again, it's so interesting when you try to just do life and ask God to speak with you. There's a lot of reasons why the Bible talks about trying to pray without ceasing, and I think one of it is because there's so many great object lessons all around us. And one of mine was sitting at the window seat on the plane. How many of you have ever sat at the window seat at a plane. All right. It's, it's perspective giving, isn't it? You know, here I am lifting off. And, and when you let your world stay small, it's so easy for big things to take on disproportionateness. You know, your computer crashes and it's the end of the world. Oh, my computer crashed. You know, or your line's too long in your checkout lane. It's the end of the world. All these kind of things. When our life is really small, then little things take on a disproportionate size. But, you know, you get up in that airplane and you look down and and you can see the bigger picture. You realize, man, that's small. And when there's a God who is the sovereign Lord, who is at work all around the world, and you start to get that kind of airplane perspective, then all of a sudden our problems don't seem as big. And they certainly don't seem too big for a God who can do all things. What if we, instead of praying always, protect, 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 bless, 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 meet my need. What if, what if we, we, in addition to those prayers, prayed more sovereign Lord? Or we started our bless, 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 need, need, need with sovereign Lord. I think we'd see more extraordinary things happen. And that's the example of the saints. God's moving us as a congregation. I know he's speaking to people individually too, which is the way it's supposed to be. But it was interesting even today with this all saints mindset of watching you guys come in and it's an assembly of the saints. That's what the church is. It's the assembling of the saints so that we can come together and worship God together and, 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 and plan and get mobilized and then, and then continue to, to go forth. And, and God has chosen to start a brand new church in the middle of this area and it's been so fun to be one that he's leading He led us here to start. And now, in his sovereignty, he's led us 
to the Shoreview Community Center. If you've never heard the story, go online and, and listen. It's just exciting to know that God's leading us. And he's choosing to lead us right into the, the center of this area. It is the community center for this area. Um, my mother-in-law won a birthday party uh, for our daughter, ironically, at the Shoreview Community Center. So we were there Friday. Her birthday's today. If you see Andrew Studensky, wish her a happy birthday. Um, she'll look shy at you, but it's great. Um, so anyway, so we want a birthday. So we're there. And you talk about the activity. There is constant stuff going on there. Constant stuff. And so here we are. They're, they have the civic center is there. The community center is there. And God's going to bring us right into the courts. And how exciting is it going to be going to be to see what he does right here if we will pray sovereign Lord prayers and what he's going to do all around the world through us. You know, if, if he would be so kind as to take a kid from Hastings, Minnesota and throw him into the mix in Juarez, Mexico and bless that, you guys are all more talented and gifted than I am and how wonderful is it going to be as we see him doing that in and through all of us. That's going to be fun. We're the saints. Christianity entrusted to us and other believers all around the world. And so let's pray sovereign Lord prayers so that what God wants to do can be done. So what we're going to do as we close our service today is, um, is we're going to spend time communing together, joining in the communion of saints. And thank you, those of you who brought pictures. This is inspiring to see all these other pictures. And, and remember that, that what happens here is so much bigger than what happens here. And so we're going to celebrate communion today all, with other believers all around the world for 24 hours as that sun goes around our planet. People are celebrating communion today. Many of them looking at these same passages and praying these same prayers. We're joining with them, asking for God to come and have his way. And so what we're going to do is we'll, we'll pray some prayers together using some words that other believers are going to be using in different languages all around the world. And then the ushers will um, usher you forward if you'd like to come forward for communion. The only one that's going to keep you from communion today is you. And so if, if you don't keep yourself, we'd love you to come forward. We'll be also singing some songs. they got some great ones. And the last song in particular, I want to I wanna hear some of you guys just singing at the top of your voice. My saint uh, I brought, here's my dad, and he didn't have a singing voice, did he? <laughs> but he could, he, could, he could belt it out, you know? And, uh, and so whether you're, you got the gift of being able to sing or not, um, this, the last song we're going to sing, one of the lines is, Take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. That's a dangerous prayer. Dangerous prayer, but it's a great one. Because God honors those kind of prayers. So that's what will be happening. If you still have a picture and haven't brought it forward, you can bring it forward with you at communion. Just remember to bring these home afterwards. Otherwise, my mantle will have people who I have no idea who they are on it. Well, let's, why don't you please all stand with me. Let's pray together. Worship band, why don't you get into place and let's, uh, let's, uh, let's pray and sing and offer ourselves up, up to God. Let's start by like, having a time of humbling ourselves. Um, through, through this prayer of, of confession. Let's pray this together, please. We confess that we are sinners and cannot save ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways 
to the glory of your holy name. We are not worthy for these gifts which we are about to receive, but say the word and we will be made clean. Let me pray a couple things and we'll close with the Lord's Prayer. Father, we aren't. Um, These words are very, very true, but we thank you, Father, that you say um, that all of us are in the same boat. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of your glory. And if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But Lord, you give us this promise. If we have confess our sins, which we have just done, you'll be faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father, that as we sincerely confess, you graciously forgive. Lord, take these elements now for us and make them your body, your blood. Let us do this in remembrance of you, the supreme example for all of us. So Lord, now as a, as a final act of, of unity, um, we pray together a prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.